of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Under with Bro underway. The Tuesday edition is here. We're glad you're with us. Outkick.com slash watch is where you can find us. John McClain coming up later this hour, plus Clay Travis in hour number two as we broadcast and stream across the Outkick Network. Chad, good afternoon. Hunting something about a Tuesday always has me pissed off for greatness. Every Tuesday, if I had to pick the one day of week that I am always pissed off, it's on a Tuesday. So I don't care what topic you bring up right now, trending or otherwise, I'm likely to have a negative response to that topic. I am pissed off. I'm ready. Uh, what's the name of the show? Hot Mike? Yeah. I'm going to be hot throughout this first 37 minutes of this show hot. today. I am ready to go. Maybe I cool off at the 38-minute mark. I don't know. Maybe I carry this fire until the end of our two-hour show. Who knows? But whatever happens, it's going to be exciting. How about the conspiracy theory that, well, the NFL Hold on. Is... Let me post my show on social media yeah, to make ahead. sure it's out there. Do Thank that. you. Do that tweet. I'll be listening to you though, while post. you do that, okay? How about the, get uh, the theory, the... The NFL is rigged. You know, I laugh at this uh, every anytime I see it. And, and some of them are very creative. Some of them are actually, you know, people believe this. Uh, Davey believes it. He's a big NFL scripted guy. Yeah, there are a lot of people, I guess. Uh, the script apparently has uh, Taylor Swift uh, attending the Super Bowl. Um, not not the not the Ravens, but the Chiefs, because again, last week everyone was on board. With the NFL is scripted, look at the logos. Look at the Super Bowl logos where the team colors are represented in each logo of the last two years. And, man, look at the championship weekend where (laughs) there's purple and red. There's got to be – man, you look at the Bengals and the Rams, and then you have the Eagles and the Chiefs. And the the smaller amount, uh, the the team with the least amount of color on the logo, well, that happened to be the team that won the Super Bowl. This is – are the, are, are the San Francisco 49ers about to beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl? No, actually not. They, 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 the Chiefs won. So, so now it's, well, man, it's, it's got to be Taylor Swift. It was the, the, the color of Taylor Swift and the dress. Color of one of her albums. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure exactly which one, but oh, Speak Now. The Speak Now album. There it is. That, so it's, it's, the, it's the actual dress. It's not. It's actually the Chiefs were there the entire time. Uh, it still has, by the way, the 49ers winning. Uh, but you even have it reaching the, the the political realm, where I'm not sure if this sentiment would be uh, heralded the same way if, if Kid Rock were representing the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. But here we are, where apparently Taylor Swift and uh, Kelsey are going to endorse uh, President Biden for the 2024 election now. That has people up in arms, including Vivek, uh, who is uh, posting, I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month. And I wonder if there's a, ma- a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially culturally propped up couple this fall. Just some wild speculation over here. Let's see how it goes, uh, see how it ages over the next eight months. Uh, yes, the, the NFL uh, had it scripted that, well, their MVP, a two-time MVP about to be, uh, couldn't live up to any of the, the, the major moments, even though he had some major moments in the game. And a quarterback who was able to post 17 points in the game ends up beating the, the Baltimore Ravens. And here we go again with Kansas City onward to win another championship. Uh, Chad, the latest, the latest NFL is rigged theory is Taylor Swift was, well, she was primed for the Super Bowl the entire time for the endorsement opportunity. Um, not that she was, you know, she's already endorsed Biden once. She's endorsing Travis Kelsey's, which is yeah, Kelsey's. Yes, exactly. And in, endorsing the NFL at the same time. Uh, 
the endorsement would have been there all, all along anyway. Well, okay. Let's back it up to the beginning here. CNN headline on this story. Right-wing sure. media figures target Taylor Swift with absurd conspiracy theory ahead of the Super Bowl. Now, Vivek Ramaswamy, he posted this eight months ago. Is that right? No, this earlier this week, Monday. He said, "I wonder." Oh, I got you. This he's month. talking about the election. I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month, uh, and I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially, culturally propped up couple this fall. I, I, I go back to sort of what you said there. Does anyone doubt that Taylor Swift would endorse Joe Biden over Donald Trump? Is that? Are we neck no, and neck? Look, they're looking for her endorsement again. Are we neck and neck? I, it's weird that they don't have her endorsement now. I mean, is it an opportunity for her to announce the endorsement at the Super Bowl? I mean, I guess. It, it is a little bit odd. There's a New York Times story out this week that they're just desperate, Biden's group is, for her endorsement. I'm sure they are. I'm, I'm seeing that 5% of Americans will vote what Taylor Swift, who, who Taylor Swift tells them to vote for. Uh, utterly uh, absurd if you're listening to Taylor Swift on, on who to vote for. Um, now, if it was Kid Rock, I think he would probably endorse Donald Trump at this Super Bowl if it were the Lions playing there. And so Bud Light. He was drinking Bud Light. At least Donald Trump would get that, right? Yeah, he's also he's back with Bud Light as well. Um, look, anyone who votes because Taylor Swift told them to vote for a specific person, uh, I don't know that you b- deserve a vote. If that's your sole factor for who you're voting for is because Taylor Swift said to do this. Also, it's no mystery that Taylor Swift is very liberal and going to endorse the Democratic candidate no matter what. Correct. She's especially going to endorse that Democratic candidate if they're going head to head with Donald J. Trump, who every liberal especially despises. This is no mystery. Here's what this also isn't. A damn conspiracy by the NFL. Taylor Swift is going to endorse Joe Biden. It may be on Super Bowl Sunday. It may be the day after. When she posts that endorsement on Instagram, apparently 5% of America are going to start doing backflips for President Biden, even though he's in no physical or mental shape to do any backflips anytime soon. They'll do the backflips for him if Taylor Swift says so. This is so stupid. It's dumb. I don't think that Vivek's being, uh, honestly, that, that intellectually honest with this. I don't think he believes it. I think he's putting it out there as kindling to the fire is all he's doing. I don't think he even believes this. It's ridiculous to think that's the case. Ridiculous. Let me mute my phone now. Got to do everything over here, including tweet out the, the show. Ro- so that's I, the I forgot to mute for, my, for the my endorsement, call. Chad. That's the yeah. robocall. So, no, look, it's not – there's no script writers – The NFL has not done this. Here's another thing for you. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are legitimately in love. Will that love last? I don't freaking know. I don't know their relationship. But I don't think this is some artificially constructed thing one way or the other. Is it going to annoy the hell out of most football fans? On Super Bowl Sunday, absolutely, Chad, you heard it's going to annoy them, and it's your prerogative to be annoyed by this. You if you want to be, you heard my my perfect script. If they were, if, if they were, you know, going to actually uh, write out the ending of the NFL season, what the NFL would have wanted the script writers to put. It was never posted, by the way, so I'm not sure if anyone saw it. Uh, but we we did have the the script writers' perfect ending, where it w- ends with a proposal. Live yeah. on CBS with the NFL and the confetti falling. 
No, you laid it out nicely. I mean, that, that would we were be talking Taylor Swift last best. week. Well, here's like the whole, okay, a, a conspiracy. So Taylor Swift can have the spotlight to endorse Joe Biden, which everyone knows she's already going to endorse Joe Biden. Um, what percentage of the NFL ownership group, which by the way, the owners, the 32 owners run the league. Roger Goodell works for those 32 owners. What percentage of those owners are going to vote Trump over Biden? 80%? 90%? I don't know, but they also kept of the him out. Owners? They also kept him out of purchasing an NFL team. They did, but I'm I'm talking big money here. Sure. Yeah, oh yeah. And they talk with their wallets. Are they gonna vote for Joe Biden and his policies? Or are they gonna vote for Donald J. Trump and the Republican nominee? What percentage of NFL owners Trump. usually votes Republican in presidential elections? You see how it doesn't quite equate? as to the owners wanting this to be some script-written conspiracy for Taylor Swift, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I mean, the... My phone is silenced now, uh, so we're Well good. done. Uh, they also, I mean, they have been begging Taylor Swift to perform at the halftime show. They couldn't do, they couldn't land Swift because she was with Coke. It was the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. Um, now it's what, Apple Music? Apple Music, yep. And it's through Rock Nation that's producing it. Um. They had the, was it two years ago? They had one of the lowest viewer audiences two years ago, I believe. Then last year, skyrocketed to number Rihanna's one. first performance in like five years. Yes. And, and this, that was this will one. crush it too. But now they have Taylor Swift the entire time. And the NFL has had her for how long throughout the season? Since the Bears game back yeah, in September. It's all great for the NFL. It's all it's all gravy. Since at this Kelsey point, but, wanted to extend the friendship bracelet. Yeah, but that conspiracy theory is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, who's Usher going to endorse? The guy who's actually performing the halftime show. Right. We're going to get an endorsement from him at halftime? I'm willing to bet the NFL and Apple he just wears, just said, he wears something with his endorsement. We're not going to do anything political during this halftime show. Let's, let's just stay away from politics altogether during the halftime show. That's, that's my guess. Now, he may go rogue. He may give his endorsement right there. I don't know. But I, I bet we're not going to see much political from Usher. We're going to see some grinding on stage. We're definitely going to see that. We may see Taylor Swift grinding on Donna Kelsey in a suite somewhere to one of the Usher songs. We're not going to see an endorsement from Usher. That I can guarantee. The timing of everything. like the, the I think the other thing too, Chad, is uh, that you have the Swifties who will tune into the NFL game, right, because she's there. Where will Swift be on Election Day? To get people out to vote, probably in her uh, second leg in Tokyo for oh, yeah. the show. Maybe China. <laughs> Who knows? Where will Kelsey be with her? Maybe they're looking for uh, wedding venues. Again, if Taylor Swift is your north star on how to make huge decisions in your life, reevaluate, reevaluate your priorities. I like Taylor Swift. I like her music. I'm fine with Taylor Swift. I'm fine with Swifties. I'm fine with you being a huge Taylor Swift fan. But if Taylor Swift is going to color your political outlook, then you need to read more. This is, this is where you need to start reading books and stop just listening to Taylor Swift on everything. Well, that's, that's my public service. That's where people vote on party, not on, not on actual individual candidates. And they, or they're, they're you know, superstar idols or what they're doing. Yeah. They follow well, they, they vote on what popular culture tells them to do. Did you ever have in the script, Chad, Travis Kelsey becoming some, you know, influencer? I did not. Who's George Kittle going to endorse? Look, in I, the I Super think Bowl? Kittle's got a good personality too. 
I always saw Kelsey as Brock Purdy a guy with a big personality. I mean, it wouldn't be the top of the list of someone if you said, who's going to land Taylor Swift and date Taylor if Swift? If Garoppolo I, was still there, I would want to know who the porn star is going to endorse that he's with. Absolutely. Maybe maybe she'll run too. But um, I, Garoppolo would be a good, good example of who I could see with Taylor Swift before Travis Kelsey. right? If I'm going down the who list, knows? I'm going to quarterbacks first for, for Taylor Swift. I also no like friendship bracelets. Kelsey's Jimmy G. got a big personality. I, I think he's good on stage. He's good in a crowd. He's a good storyteller. I, I don't know. Uh, it's good for them. Here she is at the Super Bowl. Uh, this is the this is the endorsement. This is what it will look like right here. Classic photo. Love that. Is that a, a Lynn Dawson? It is. But Taylor Swift instead. Smoking a windsit. I saw that uh, Kyle Uschick. 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 Kyle Uschick. His wife or girlfriend that modeled that jacket, that Travis Kelsey coat she wore, she now struck a deal with NFL to have an official apparel line through the NFL after designing that jacket. And Taylor Swift gave her a shout-out for the jacket that she designed for her to wear to honor Travis Kelsey. Speaking of the game, you ready for this? With the 49ers and Chiefs having no Alabama players on the active roster, this is from Josh DeBoe. A remarkable streak will continue. No player who finished college at Alabama has scored a point in a Super Bowl. Players from 143 other colleges, from Coast Guard to Miami, have scored in a Super Bowl. I am stunned by that. No we, Alabama players. And as many as there are, none on either roster. Can we find the guy from the U.S. Coast Guard Academy that scored the touchdown, too, or scored a point, maybe a kicker at some point? That, that's what fascinates me about that little fact. That is crazy, and just underlines the fact that Alabama's basically dead uh, right now after Nick Saban left. Just another another point to hit about Alabama's dying. Davey has a point. The, the one trick on that is they had to be the person that went across the goal line because Bart Starr was an Alabama quarterback that actually threw for a touchdown, but he did that, not score. Yeah, he, he wasn't the one that got it across the line. No, well, Bart Starr in the game before a Super Bowl with uh, one of the the most famous touchdowns of all time in the Ice Bowl. The guy who snuck it in across the goal line on look that at, play, but had didn't cross the goal look line. Look at in the Davey Super Bowl. giving Alabama a little credit here because they did have a. What's going on? Davey was quick to follow I, up just, with some Alabama praise. No, no, I just again. You know, it, I, I call I call him uh, like I see him, man. Well, I mean, uh, you're calling. I thought it, it was clear in the tweet. Uh, Alabama, no Alabama uh, player has scored a point. Yeah. In a Super Bowl. That's that's fair. No that's factually. Well, I mean, there are right. fantasy points for throwing a touchdown. If people but, were coming back to me and saying, like, hey, Peyton Manning's not thrown a point in a Super Bowl, I'd push back on that. Or he's uh, not scored a point in a Super Bowl, scored. I'd push back. Has he not had a quarterback sneak at any point? Highly or his old uh, naked boot? I don't remember boot? him being known for that. His, his naked boot play was pretty pretty nice. I mean, I don't know if he has or not, Chad. I'm just saying, like, that's how you score a well, point. I think, like, Willie Galt scored a touchdown in a Super Bowl from Tennessee. I'm just thinking about Tennessee players who would have scored Jamal Lewis, I think certainly scored at some point in a Super Bowl. So there's been multiple Tennessee players that have done it. Uh, Joe Namath has, you know, thrown touchdown passes, who's an Alabama guy in, in the Super Bowl also. Um, Super Bowl three. So You know who will score points for me? Uh, and is, is it getting any uh, in Vegas right now? Patrick Mahomes. Guys, there is no way that I am going to, over the next couple of weeks here, be able to look at this game and think that I'm actually on the, the final day, Chad, you and I are sitting in Vegas for the show, picking the 49ers. Let me just go ahead and throw this out there. I can't, 
I cannot bet against Kansas City. I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. The idea that they are the underdog is crazy to me, albeit by less than a field goal. I think their defense has the advantage in this. I, I trust their defense more than I trust the 49ers who almost react to what the opponent does early in the game and then they make adjustments. To their, to their credit, they make those adjustments. But their defensive line is... that Their defensive front is not nearly as consistent as what I see with the Chiefs. And on the flip side, how do you pick against Patrick Mahomes right now? No matter... No matter the weapons, no matter what the 49ers have done, I just saw what the, the Ravens had had done against a, a, a quality opponents throughout the season. They boat raced them until it came to KC in the playoffs when it mattered. Chad, I'm here to tell you, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm going ahead and let you know this right now because I'm not betting against Mahomes, Kelsey, or Andy Reid. Spagnolo when it comes to the actual game plan that's being put together and what I see from the Chiefs, who, albeit with players that were not a part of certain Super Bowl matchups in the past, 49ers don't have those guys either, by and large. But what they do have is the coaching staff and the quarterback and the tight end to get it done. And they have a, a very affordable and very elite defense this year. Young talent speed, and consistency. I think it's a great game, but I've seen KC win time and time again. I have seen them lose, but I haven't seen Patrick Mahomes lose the game, which means I can't bet against him. I feel foolish if I go San Francisco, and I'm saying that now before the line flips. Yeah, there's no way in hell I'm voting San Francisco in this game. I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. Patrick Mahomes is John Wick. You cannot kill him. I'm on a John Wick kick right now. I just started watching these films, and that's what Patrick Holmes reminds me of. He is Keanu Reeves with a, with a blade. You're, you're not going to, to, to kill that guy. He's going to find a way to beat you. And that's what they've done because their offense has not been as explosive no. as in years past. They, they're relying on their defense more, but now they're relying on that efficiency also to get the job done. So I will definitely be bo- bo- uh, I will be betting – the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes. Shout out to Adam Brown, who lets us know. Kurt Knight from the United States Coast Curtis. Guard Academy kicked for the Washington Redskins from 1969 to 1973, which means in Super Bowl Seven, in a 14-7 loss to that great undefeated Miami Dolphins team, Kurt Knight kicked an extra point and scored a point in a Super Bowl, being the one player from the U.S. Coast Guard Academy to score a point. Love it. One more player than the University of Alabama has produced a point in a Super Bowl. Take that, Tide. So that's the lowest Coast Guard with one point ever. Uh, point scored. Oh, look at this beautiful man, too. Look at Kurt Knight. Yeah, he nailed that extra point. This guy looks like uh, he just... Would Dan Campbell have sent him out to attempt a field goal? This guy looks like he just stepped out of an orgy in the early 70s, yeah. is what it looks like to me. Nice stash. Would Dan Campbell nice have attempted haircut. the field goal, at least one of the two, with Kurt Knight? I think so, because he scored a point in the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. He's been yeah. He's been there. Uh, by the way, the, the, uh, the program to score the most points, would you like to guess? Chad's great at this. Program to score the most points in a Super Bowl. I'm going to Players guess. Players combined. Yeah, I'm going to guess Ohio State. USC. USC's Both great guesses. Guess. 
The My, U. Miami. Miami. Mm. I was going to go Miami, and I'd switch to Ohio 84 State. 84 points scored. Because Tyler's in the room next to me, and I was thinking about Ohio State because of him. 84 I blame Tyler for not saying scored. my first guess, which would have been Miami. Damn it. Good tidbit. Now I'm even more pissed off. What are we talking about next, Hutton? Chad, uh, well, everyone's talking about Romo and Nance. They're about to yeah. call the Super Bowl. Romo sucks. Uh, who does not suck? Um, I'll tell you a couple guys who don't suck. First off, Greg Olson is is really good. I, I think he is most people agree with that. And he's getting really universal praise right now from sports media for his job as color commentator number one for Fox on NFL, for NFL on Fox. Does a great job with Kevin Burkhart. I really like his analysis. I don't think he talks too much. I know some think that he goes a little too long. I don't think so. I think it's just the right amount. I think he's really clear, concise, and getting his point across. He's great on television. He knows the game well. He seems like a hard worker. He's good on TV. He's got a good rapport with his, his play-by-play man. So it's going to be a loss for Fox that they're not going to have him as the number one color commentator because he's doing a good job. I believe that Fox Sports probably underestimated just how good Greg Olson was going to become in the time between them signing a contract for Tom Brady to be the number one and then when Tom Brady was going to take over as the number one analyst. I do believe they probably underrated Olsen a bit. And now Olsen will move to the number two spot. There's also a clause in his contract I've read that if he gets a number one gig with another network, he can leave and break his contract and go somewhere else. So we'll see if someone, another network, thinks highly enough of him. Or if Jim Nance does. To make him the number one. Or if Jim Nance decides, hey, you want to come play golf with me? Because uh, this Tony Romo guy, that's all he wants to do is play golf. Let's just you and I play a little bit, (laughs) see if we have good rapport, and, and we'll take you. Um, here's the other thing I know about this whole transition. I can't wait to watch Tom Brady call NFL games. And I think that's really being underplayed in all of this. There's a lot of talk about how great Greg Olson has been and how unfortunate it is for him and all this. Look, I'm not saying that's, that's not true. And Greg Olson is good. And Tom Brady has done a bunch of interviews today. And he said, Greg Olson is great. He was a great player. He's a great analyst. He's a hard worker. And he's going to be fine wherever he goes. But I can offer a unique perspective. And I'm hearing that and thinking, you're absolutely right, you can. I can't wait to hear from Tom Brady and watch and analyze and see how he does as a television personality and as an analyst during NFL games and during the biggest game on Fox every Sunday. I can't wait. I think he's going to be terrific. And regardless if he's great or not from the start, Hutton, it's going to be a fascinating watch for everyone to watch Tom Brady, the Tom Brady, call NFL games with only him and a play-by-play guy in the booth. He confirmed it's not going to be a three-man booth. Greg Olson's not going to hang around. It's going to be me and Kevin Burkhart. I can't wait. So has he confirmed he's absolutely starting immediately? He confirmed. Oh, yeah. He he was on McAfee today, and I, I went back and watched it, and he kept coming back to the fact he's so excited to get started this fall calling games. I would love the three-man booth to begin. He says that is not going to happen. I know. But with Olsen, and as good as he's been, Brady would look better paired next to Olsen. Because I think he's going to crush it. I also understand why he wants the two-man booth, because you end up talking over... You have to worry about talking over two people, not one. It, it's, uh, it's a crowded booth. I mean, but... I mean, That's the way of the network right now. They love crowds. Just look at the pregame and postgame shows. They yeah. love crowds. Brady, though, does he needs the solo, uh, the, the the solo booth where he's he is the analyst. 
But I would start with a three-man, and then you end up figuring out what to do with Greg Olson because he's that good. I understand that line of thinking. Here's why you don't do that, though. You don't want the audience comparing the two in real time. You don't want them watching the broadcast and comparing Olsen to Brady, knowing that Olsen has more experience and is going to sound better in the beginning. You want people admiring the fact that you landed Tom Brady and you're hearing from Tom Brady only. Because then it becomes, even if it doesn't become that between the two men, it's like this pissing contest that everyone's watching and suddenly you've got a scorecard of who's better calling the game. Well, here's the And you don't want that if you're Fox. You've got one guy who's way more... Uh, affordable, even though both are affordable. But Brady's making what three seventy five over he, ten years. He's making thirty seven point five million a year. Okay, uh, and let's just say Olson's not anywhere close to that. So one guy's going to speak way more, and can and should. So yeah, as I think about it, Brady needs to be next to Burkhart, and that's it. But for one season, I would want to see that transition. I just, I would. However, Fox, I, if I'm if I'm any of the networks, I wouldn't want that because that does count as one of the seasons of the 10. Yeah. Uh, Brady's going to look, he's going to look and sound great no matter what, just like Olsen. So I it, paired together, it, it, if he was a defensive player, I think I would think even more about that, but he's not because you could do the boat back and, and forth. If this is survivor and I'm just voting someone off the Island, if I'm looking at all the national broadcasts or number one teams, I'm not voting Troy Aikman out. I'm going to have football. He's great. He's my uh, favorite. I'm not voting Chris Collinsworth out on Sunday I Night Football. I agree with you. A lot of people would. Kirk Herbstreet, <clears throat> as an NFL guy, eh, maybe, but I'm not voting him out. I'm voting Tony Romo out, and that's not going to happen, I don't think. But, I mean, Hutton, you, you laid it out there with Jim Nance. If I'm looking to upgrade from a tactician standpoint, who's just going to be better, and I think who would be better paired with Jim Nance, I just move Greg Olson over to CBS and their national game of the week, and then you have Nance Olsen, and you take from Fox at that point what everyone says is maybe the best analyst going right now. But Fox is going to be fine because you get Brady, and everyone's going to want to watch Brady. Here's what we know about the NFL and the numbers this past weekend. Over 56.9 million people watch Lions 49ers. People are going to watch. They're going to watch no matter what. It helps, though, when you have a really good broadcast and Greg Olson had that. Tom Brady confirmed he's been on the Fox lot a number of times. He's spoken with Aaron Andrews, who he's going to be teamed up with. They've done work together. He's done dry runs of games and, and different things. So he's been hard at work at this. I see Brady as a guy who's not going to come into this lazy. No. He's going to come ready. There were a lot of questions. I, I, from the jump, you know where I've been on this. He's going to crush it. He's not going to set himself up to fail. And Brady will be critical. I feel he'll be critical oh, about I, it. I think so, too. Think about how critical he's been about quarterback throws and how they should be penalized, not the defense. There should be something for putting the for making the mistake when you're rewarded for making the mistake because the defense does something that's against the new rule of the NFL for, for protecting yep. the health and, and well-being of the player. I think he will be exceptional at that angle where right now I think it's, it's mainly Aikman who will be as critical as... Maybe you want an analyst to be who will step on the, he'll step on the accelerator with that. Not many, uh, Romo's more of the, the kid playing the sport in the booth, or he was. And then you, uh, Olsen's kind of right in between that, that line. Um, and, you know, for, for instance, re- he refused to be critical about Mike McCarthy. 
if your coach would be hired if you fired him, you have your answer. You can't fire him. That's just not how it goes. Because if you feel like there's another coach where you are that can take you to the next level above the ceiling that you have reached, then you make a move because your ceiling is way higher than the organization that's about to hire your coach whenever you let him go. That's the, that's the reality. He didn't say it that way. He just said, Mike McCarthy doesn't deserve to be fired. Look at what's just happened here. They're getting boat raced by Green Bay, and he's saying that. He could feel that way, but he didn't. He, he softballed that answer or that opinion. Chad, Aikman doesn't do it. I don't think Brady will either. And part of the reason why is, I mean, he's only played for two coaches, and one of them is going to be out of the league which is crazy to think about. And the other one's not going to be featured on the top game of the, of the week that often with what's going on in Tampa Bay as far as the, the best matchups because they play in the NFC South. No, I think he could become a real tastemaker for the NFL and for football fans everywhere. Based on his opinion, he can set the standard. He can set a trend for what people are going to be talking about based on his observations of some of the biggest games of the year, biggest game of the week, and what he's saying that he's seeing and being critical, which I'm with you. I think he's not going to hold back on these broadcasts. It may piss off the NFL at some point. Well, and that's the one thing to look at is... I don't think so. The NFL runs a lot of this, but maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. It depends how... But it, my point is, he's not going to hold back because he's afraid of the NFL being upset no, about No, 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 no. The only thing it may piss off is Goodell, because Goodell and Brady don't like each other all that much. That's clear. Uh, same would go for... For, for Belichick and Goodell. You know, you're not going to see them hanging out anytime soon. Or uh, Brady's not showing up to be uh, uh, put in the, the ring of honor in New England, the Hall of Fame for the Patriots, and Goodell's not there to witness it, right? Um, point being, that may... The, the criticism of Goodell may piss off the NFL. But the favorite, the favorite booth... For the owners, for those making the calls like Roger Goodell and others, the favorite booth is the Monday Night Football booth. Yeah. And they have the most critical analysts in that number one spot. What about Olsen paired with Joe Davis? That's the uh, number they'll, two they'll crew. Be good. Yeah, and, and Davis uh, They're going to be really good. I don't think that's a... That, it's a demotion, but we've known it's coming. Yeah. It's been there. The thing to watch now, though, is will another network decide we can upgrade right now? There's a clause in his contract. We'll take him on as number one, or does he just slide into the number two spot the way that it was planned from Fox all along? Look, either one is going to be a good spot for Greg Olson. So I guess he's going to he's going to thrive. He's going to do a good job with Joe Davis. This would count, or with for, Jim Nance, or anyone else. He probably this would count with. for Amazon too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. If it's any any national broadcast. Yeah. So I mean that would. You have one more year on the contract with Al Michaels. I'm just Do you saying, put Al Michaels with Greg Olson for one year? For one year, and then and then you have the new play-by-play guy that comes in, whoever that is. Look, I think that that again, I I wouldn't mind seeing that whole thing reset. Period. Um, I I wouldn't mind seeing Greg Olson with someone else on, on Prime Video because I mean, I, you go I, I don't think anyone can deny now. now that Al Michaels is just not that enthused. Yeah. about doing these games. So I wouldn't mind seeing a completely new team call those games. By the way, what do you think the 7% bump is is due to with the 50, would you say 56 million watched? Uh, the Lions 49ers? Yeah, nearly, let's just say 57. 7% from the previous year, you're yes. saying? 
I think it's the Lions factor. And that last year it was Bengals Chiefs in the same window. Yeah. That's a, I mean, you're climbing there. Yeah, I think it's the Lions factor um, more than anything else. They, they became sort of America's darling, and that's probably the 7% bump in interest. That's a huge number, though. By the way, Olsen reportedly makes $10 million a year as the lead commentator. And that figure will drop to $3 million if he's in the number two role. So, again, oh. he would drop to the number two role if he stays. There will be someone that will elevate him. Yeah, and he deserves it. I don't, I don't think Alyssa Milano is going to be putting a GoFundMe out for him anytime soon, though, even at $3 million a year. So, he'll be fine. Maybe so. He'll, uh, be, he'll be okay. If so, maybe Clay would donate. You'll be fine, Greg. Clay joins us uh, coming up in a, uh, less than an Can't hour. Can't wait to talk to uh, Clay about paying for Alyssa Milano's Little League team <laughs> to yeah, go to a tournament. Uh, will Mark Cuban be paying for his comments on how he uh, handles his hiring practices? Uh, a, a commissioner for the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission uh, set him straight on social, where he just kind of randomly threw out there that, well, he's breaking the law. With his hiring practices, he was responding and posted and said, I've never hired anyone based exclusively on race, gender, religion. I only ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position to succeed. And yes, race and gender can be part of the equation. I view diversity as a competitive advantage. Now, how would you propose finding organizations that give preference to white people? Why aren't you working as hard to show examples of white preference as you are DEI? That's the point. And so here is Andrea Lucas. Yeah, and the response. With the response, uh, the commissioner. Unfortunately, you're dead wrong on the black letter uh, law here. There's the uh, general rule, race, sex can't even be a motivating factor, nor a plus factor, tiebreaker, or tipping point. It's important employers understand the ground rules here. So it can't be the the trump card. It can't be bonus points. It's got to be equal. And he's admitting that, well, it's not when it comes to his hiring practices. Yeah, he's I think being called the, to the floor on the it. The key thing to understand here about where, to me, DEI is flawed as an idea in hiring is Mark Cuban comes out and says, now how would you feel if someone was biased towards hiring white people right. there and had a preference for, for hiring white people? So let's respond to that. But in doing that, he's saying... I actually have a preference for not hiring white people that I will factor in race, sex, and I won't hire the white guy. And that's going to be a factor because I want to be more diverse. I think diversity in a company is a good thing. I think when it happens naturally, it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing that works out. And it can happen naturally. But what needs to happen is you hire who you think is best for the job, regardless of race, sex, religion, sexual orientation, all of these things. That that's should be a bedrock principle of America. Should be a bedrock principle of American hiring practices, of corporate hiring practices, of Mark Cuban's hiring practices. It's not with Mark Cuban. He's decided to die on this hill well, to I, fight everyone that says anything remotely bad about DEI and hiring practices, like a United Airlines that's going all in on this. So I, I just don't think that's the way we should do it. Yeah, yeah well... And you, you can't based on the law. Right. And within one sentence, he is contradicting himself. I only ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position to succeed. 
very next sentence, and yes, race and gender can be part of the equation, and then here we go. I view diversity as a competitive advantage. Then if it's a competitive advantage, you can't then write literally two sentences earlier, I only ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position to succeed. Um, it's a problem there. Yeah, that's just not true if that's the case. And unfortunately, it's, that's the case with many companies. Hire the best candidate. Yes. And, and things will work out. We have entered a place right now where it is, has become cool to try to do the two wrong thing. We, we love to do two wrongs and try to make it equal a right. And everybody loves to justify this act all, all over America. Hey, white people came here from Europe and took everything from Native Americans and did what they wanted and brought slaves over. And they've run things now for over 200 years in this country. So it's time for everyone else to run it. So now let's discriminate against white people. They suck. They're awful, even though white people of today had nothing to do with anything in the past. So let's not hire them. White men, bad. Everyone else, good. And even though that's just as bad as the discriminatory practices that white men had for years doing that, we're still going to justify it because we got to reset things. And we got to take things from white people and white men. Two wrongs don't make a right here. Unless they vote for the party that you vote for. And, and we, this country is more diverse than it's ever been. And, and we've got wealth that is spread out among different races more than ever in our history. Is yeah. it perfect? No. Have we reached the apex of where we're going to reach as a society? I, I don't think so. Uh, sure, there may be work to do, but this whole construct of you've had this, now we must take this, and we must give this over, whether it's warranted or not, whether it's deserved or not. That's not America. That, that's not a meritocracy. And we need to get back to being a meritocracy. And that's how businesses should operate. And Mark Cuban, who I watch on Shark Tank, seems like a brilliant guy in a lot of areas. He sounds like a dumbass when he talks about this. Well, so he probably should stop. And, and, and this, like uh, many cases, is optics. It's optics. The, the Rooney rule, Chad, in the NFL. Now you interview two minority candidates for the job. You reach the threshold and you you qualify for checking off that box, it doesn't really matter who you hire, even though you've locked in on the candidate you want to hire. Now, if you don't do that, then you're called to the floor on it, right? But it's not a story if you, if you, you know, make sure that you're checking the box of the Rooney Rule in the NFL and you, hire, you interview two minority candidates along the way. That's it. Like it's, again, optics with it. Meanwhile, uh, same sport. College football doesn't have that rule. Hire or give a raise to whoever you want to. Yeah. And there's no one's up in arms over that. Again, it's just optics on who's calling out one side or the other. I feel like this may shock some people. I root like hell for uh, Mike Tomlin to do well and keep his job because I, I would like to see the NFL more diverse from a head coaching standpoint because of the amount of, of black people that play the sport versus those that are the head coaches. I also don't like the Rooney rule because I think it's forced – and I think that you have these situations where someone may be getting interviewed just to fulfill a quota and to do a check mark on a box, and they're not really giving someone a chance, and that's not the way it should work either. Um, I, I would like for it to work out where naturally you have coaches, minority coaches, doing well in the league, and you can sustain that for, for years to come. That's my hope. And the big argument was Eric uh, Bieniemy, right? He becomes the offensive coordinator. 
He's with the, the commanders. And, I mean, where has he been throughout this entire hiring process this year with all the jobs open? He hasn't been no mentioned. No one's saying a word hasn't about been it. mentioned. Coming up, John McClain joins us. We mentioned the commanders, the Seahawks. Those jobs remain open. Uh, plus, the Steelers have a new offensive coordinator. And, yes, absolutely. We talked Chiefs, 49ers, and what we saw from the Ravens and from the Lions. Straight ahead on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here at outkick.com slash watch. You can head over to Outkick uh, anytime. Head over to store.outkick.com. And that's where you, ever, you can check out all the shirts, the hats, T-shirts, hoodies, pullovers, so much more. Shop.outkick.com. I said store. Shop.outkick.com. John McClain with us. Joins us weekly as we break down the NFL headlines with uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame selector and Pro Football Hall of Fame member. John, good to see you. Good to see you guys. Thank you for having me as always. Let's just start with the matchup. The Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl taking on San Francisco. Your just initial thoughts on Super Bowl 58. When you look at the quarterbacks, one makes $450 million, the other one makes 3.7 or 3.9 million. It's a mismatch. Now, Chiefs defense is playing better than the 49ers defense. Chiefs defense has just been fantastic, helping beat Tua Tungvaluwa at home and then Josh Allen and and uh, Lamar Jackson on the road. It's been amazing. Steve Spagnuolo doing such an incredible job against a difficult playoff schedule. He now tied it with Dick LeBeau for the most appearances by a defensive coordinator in the Super Bowl with five. And I'll tell you this, I picked against Mahomes and Andy Reid in the last two games. I will not do it again. I'm taking the Chiefs in this Super Bowl. We agree with you, John. And let's just say this. I, I won't be in the room whenever – his name is is brought up for Hall of Fame candidacy, but it won't take long. I know the shortest one was Brett Favre. Is that right? Where he just stood up, someone said no, his name and sat down? Who was it? No. They've been doing that since Dan Marino, Elway, Montana. You see, ladies and gentlemen, uh, John Elway, sit. We move on. So, okay. Uh, Mahomes will be the same way. But if yeah, if, if, the, if there was a presentation, if they win the Super Bowl this year, don't you lead with this season, given all the circumstances and just how everyone has counted them out based on the way the offense has played, but how he has played throughout? He was the victim of the most drops in the league during the season, and they were discombobulated on offense. They had some numb skulls out there, and uh, that's one reason I didn't think they were going to the Super Bowl. And uh, Travis Kelsey struggled down the stretch, and he's been fabulous in the playoffs. They just flipped the proverbial switch, and it's worked. And rather than it being all about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, we have the addition of a great Steve Bagnuolo coach defense and, of course, Taylor Swift. John, speaking of uh, numbskulls, he said, what in the world was going on with the Ravens? Uh, on on Sunday, Zay Flowers uh, defense overly emotional at times. 
Lamar Jackson, not his best. What did you make of their truly uh, let down performance against the Chiefs? I'm showing you. They choked. Yeah. That's the best team in the NFL. They were 10 and 10 at halftime with the Texans and they exploded for 24 points. They ended up with 227 yards rushing. They were the leading rushing team in the NFL. And then all of a sudden they get to the championship game and they didn't do what had made them so successful. The running back, six carries, 23 yards. Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator, had a terrible game. It's not typical of a John Harbaugh coach team. Mental errors, physical errors, you know, dumbass plays by a lot of guys. Stupid penalties. They just were so discombobulated. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs took advantage of it. And that's why they should be the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since the Patriots after the 03-04 season. Speaking of discombobulated, John, the Detroit Lions during that eight-minute stretch where they blow a 17-point lead, and Dan Campbell electing to go for those two fourth-down conversions, something they had done a lot throughout the season. What did you think of the decision? What did you think of the explanation after the game? 24-7, they choked too. It was too big for them. Now, Analytics, okay, analytics say the same thing, whether you're going against the Carolina Panthers or you're going against the San Francisco 49ers. There's no for differentiation on that. So Dan Campbell should use some common sense and go, okay, analytics say this, but now I'm going against the 49ers. It's fourth and two in my own territory. There's a much better chance I'm not going to make it than in the regular season when we're playing lesser opponents. But they went for it. It didn't work. They gave up two touchdowns. Everybody's letting them off the hook by saying, well, that's what he did to get here. Well, sometimes NFL is about adaptability. It's about being flexible, being ready to change, and Campbell was not. Now, be that as may, they had so many boneheaded plays and penalties. How often do you see a perfect interception go through a guy's hands, hit him in the face mask, and then it's called for a 51-yard diving catch to precede a touchdown to cut the deficit to seven. At that point, after Brandon Hayek's catch and his touchdown pass from Brock Purdy, I thought pretty much the Lions are done. Now, they made it within three. There were some clock management issues, but you have to be adaptable. John, where do you come down on on Brock Purdy? Because but we, we discussed this yesterday, Chad and I. Uh, game managers don't pull off what he's done, it, what we just saw in, in this last game. Brock Purdy, uh, with a chance to win a Super Bowl with San Francisco, what does that do for the naysayers for him? And how how do you describe him currently? I think he's a really good quarterback. A game manager's a guy supposed to not turn it over. You know, be resourceful, rely on a running Not game. lose it. And, yeah, just don't don't give up plays that'll cost your team. Well, he made plays. He made plays with his legs. Now, that 51-yard pass goes in the books like it was a perfect pass and right. a perfect completion, and it bounced off the corner's face mask. But he's showed that he can win. He's a winner. Somebody asked me if he's elite. No, he's not elite. Patrick Mahomes is elite. He's not there yet. He may get elite, elite and he's very fortunate. They have great playmakers around him, but a lot of people want to use that against him. Well, who's getting the playmakers the ball? He is. 
And if, if if it was just the system, where's Trey Lance running this team currently? If it's just the system, well, Trey Lance is a backup quarterback to the Cowboys. He couldn't even get on the field. But Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. Next year, he's got a chance to be a better quarterback. Someday, he might be a great quarterback. And he doesn't care. All he wants to do is beat the Chiefs and win a ring and go in there behind Joe Montana and Steve Young as 49er quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls. John, we just saw the last game for Greg Olson as number one lead uh, analyst for Fox on NFL. Tom Brady coming in. He's doing the media rounds today. He's saying he's absolutely going to be there with Fox. It's going to be a two-man booth with him and Kevin Burkhart. What do you think about the job Greg Olson did and now this transition to the GOAT and Tom Brady, who's going to join the booth for the first time ever? I thought Greg Olson did a great job. He was a tremendous interview when he played. He did some some playoff games uh, after their season ended, and you could tell then he was special. Now, Brady's got some big shoes to fill. When's everybody ever talked about that? And the bad thing about Olsen, he's having to take a big pay cut. So whenever his contract's up, you know the other networks are coming after him. A lot of people think Brady will be bad. I thought Aikman was going to be bad because he was pablum when he played, and Aikman's great. And you know Brady is going to work his tail off because he didn't know any other way to do it. And I think Tom Brady's going to be terrific. John, I thought uh, Romo was terrific to begin this broadcast stint, and now not not so much. What do you think? What has caused this turn? And I, I, Some I think people, I think it's just a relationship between him and Nance. Am I wrong? Uh, no, he and Jim Nance were great, and then all of a sudden, I don't think they're fighting and have irreconcilable differences. I think he's he's in a slump. He may never get out of it. He doesn't see things the way he used to. Some people think, well, is he studying film the way he did it first? He's not as enthusiastic as he was. I used to be blown away when he'd say, well, I think this is going to happen, and it happened. Yeah. And that came from watching tape and talking to people who trust him. But maybe he's not watching as much. Maybe not as many people are talking to him and telling him things, although he is in those pregame broadcast meetings with coaches and players, but he is not the guy that got the monster contract. What's going to happen with the commanders and the Seahawks with their open searches and Ben Johnson deciding to stay informing both that he's going to go back and be the OC with the Detroit Lions? Yeah, in other words, he's been told, Ben, thanks, but no thanks. When they pull out of a good job offers, it's usually because they thought they've asked for an answer and they've been told, uh, thank you, but we're going in another direction. I'd love to see Mike Vrabel get one of those jobs. I think he's a terrific coach. If we haven't heard anything else about Bill Belichick, maybe uh, Mike McDonald, the uh, 36-year-old defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Maybe he's in the running, but maybe Belichick will come back from the dead. But I don't know. They're talking about Dan. Dan Quinn has a chance to get both of these. Dan Quinn's going to be hard to sell, but both of them are in it for the long run. So it's a great mystery because everybody said Ben Johnson was a lock for the commanders. John McClain is not only great at covering the NFL, which he's done at a Hall of Fame level for a long time, he's also a pop culture icon. The man yep. has his own IMDb page. So I asked Several this films. to a pop culture icon in John McClain. Is there anything that can happen on the field in this game that would make this game 20 years from now anything other than the Taylor Swift Super Bowl when we look back and remember this game? 
Now, nobody's going to pay any attention to Taylor Swift 20 years from now. If it's a great game, give me a break. I love Taylor Smith. I saw that report this week said she's brought $331 million worth of uh, advertising to the NFL. And I think it's great. I hated all these old crumb budgets. Don't want to see Taylor Swift. Well, look away. You know, she's not putting herself on the camera. Those cameras are way across the other side of the field. She doesn't know she's on once or every minute. And I think she's handled it very well. Everybody loves her that knows her. Passes out $100 tips to the people in the suite to take care of her. People at the valet, she, everybody loves her. I think it's good for the game. 20 years from now, hopefully we'll be talking about a double or triple overtime Super Bowl victory won. By the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you think Kelsey retires? No. You think he proposes? He's make some money. You think he proposes? Uh, proposes? I don't know. Maybe she proposes to him. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Super Bowl champion. What are you going to do next? Instead of going to Disney World, he gets on a knee and proposes to uh, the billionaire pop star. Yeah, John is a pop culture Australia icon. Or, I'm very I'm, disappointed in your in your answer because I look back at that Ravens 49ers game and I remember the power outage. During that game, I look back on one of the Bills Giants games is the Whitney Houston national anthem game that was in Pasadena. I am telling you, this is going to be the cultural marker for this game. Is we'll look back and say, wasn't that the game the 49ers won? But Peyton, or, but uh, Taylor Swift was a big part of it because she was a Travis Kelsey. You're saying it won't, watch. it won't be Usher? Just watch. 25 years from now, we'll have this discussion again. Yeah, 25 years from now, I'll be on the other side of the grass and you can say, <laughs> I told you so. No, that's not true. Not true at all. John, final thing. I'll be dead before then, John. It'll be fine. In all the years covering the league, is it still crazy to you that the Super Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas? Uh, It would have been, say, a year ago. But right now, gambling is such a big deal in professional football, and they're making so many billions off of it. And they've had 150 requests for Radio Row, by far a record. And – Media won't be gambling like all the high rollers, but it's going to be the wildest week week that uh, Las Vegas has ever experienced. And, man, can you imagine the money the casinos are going to make, the money the call girls are going to make coming from all over the country? It's going to be wild and crazy and memorable. And you know what? They'll go back there probably another four years. Yeah. Well, what's crazy, John, is, and you're right, I, I, I haven't really thought twice about it. And 10 years ago would have been unheard of to even think about a game in Vegas. But, I mean, we've been to a lot of them also. It feels like we're about to go to Arizona or Houston for just another Super Bowl. I haven't even really had a chance to let it sink in that Vegas is hosting, and that's just how normal sports betting and everything has become over the years. Five years ago, if an NFL player said Las Vegas, they had to go, Las Vegas. They had to whisper it. And they'll also have to wear a disguise when all these guys that are in for Radio Row are then going to go to the casinos and bet and gamble. And I, I guarantee you they will bet on the Super Bowl. If they bet on <laughs> the prop, they that's will. betting on the league. There's going to be a lot of money won and a lot more loss. If they bet on the length of the national anthem, that's betting, that's betting on the NFL, correct? Yes. Okay. I, I, I bet none of these uh, none of these – Sports books are going to be turning over any names to the league. Can you imagine if Patrick Mahomes couldn't play in the Super Bowl because he bet on the length of the national anthem? That won't happen, Chad. I'll tell you one better. Over under on Taylor Swift uh, shots in the suite. That'll be a good one. Offshore. Get an offshore Take number the over. on that one. Take the over because uh, 
John, we're like you. We think Kansas City's winning, and that means Travis Kelsey's going to have about 15 catches. John, thank you as always. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. Can't wait. There's Thanks, John, John McClain, SportsRadio610.com, plus uh, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Uh, has covered the league, been there, seen that, done that, and uh, bets in cash. John ne- never seen a Super Bowl in Vegas, though. One thing he's yet to see, but he will next week. Yes. Uh, coming up, we have the top headlines of the day, plus Clay Travis joins us next on Hot Mike. 